Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. Just representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. All right, we are here with Tommy Runs, a monthly production that we are now going to do on the Rambling Runner podcast. We got to come up with a name. We got to come up with a name for this. I love alliteration. I love fun things. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think the name is there yet. No. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. This is. I like Rambling Runner so much, though. You know, All right. I almost changed one of my names of my shows to like almost like Rambling Runner. Oh, that was. Um, I don't think you're the JV version of me i feel right. like if anything it might be the other way around especially after seeing all the cool stuff you did in boston last week my god watching it from afar was fantastic you were you were, you were you had your your fingers in a lot of pies is that an expression i feel like it was i don't know if that's an expression matt but like i'm gonna i'll roll with that you know because if they're vegan pies then sure no, no mincemeat, no mincemeat pies. No, 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 no mincemeat pies. Maybe like ground impossible meat pies. The impossible pie? The impossible pie. Okay, we, we could potentially do that. Can this just be the impossible pod? The imp- yes, the impossible pod. That's exactly what it should be. All right, I'm into it. I feel like that would be a name that maybe someone may have, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, if it is, maybe we can like change like the lettering. You know, some like says something goofy on Instagram or not Instagram, like on Twitter, they'll have like random capitalization. Yeah. The yeah, idea yeah, yeah. like this, I'm obviously clowning you by writing this. Yes. If if it is the name of something else, maybe we can do that where it's like every fourth letter is capitalized and none of the first letters are capitalized. They'll and never it's just know. it's just clown show. What wasn't a clown show? You ran Boston, you had the full lead up, you chronicled the whole journey. And we should mention, you did do a recap. So pitch the recap before we before we touch on a topic, which I think a lot of people can relate to. Okay, so uh, PR Project is the, where the recap is. PR Project is a live uh, YouTube show that my training partner and I do uh, every Sunday live at 5 p.m. Uh, we talk about running, we talk about shoes, we talk about our builds up to the next race. Uh, and PR Project just did an episode the other day, and it is live on YouTube. So go to YouTube and search PR Project. Also, link in the pod. I don't know if anyone ever goes to show note links, but they're there. I think they do. Check uh, so, them out. So I used to hear people do that a lot, and I'm like, so what? Like, I don't, you're just trying to be fancy and all that stuff. But today, just alone today, I went to six links in one of these, one of the, with somebody's uh, thing. So I, I do it, especially if it's, I don't know the person. Yeah. And they'll say, like, all right, here's their Instagram link. Well, maybe I do know them. I just don't know their real name. Maybe I know their Instagram handle name. It's like, oh, click it out. Like, oh, actually, you know, yeah, I do know that person. No, no, it was, it was Allie Feller. Uh-huh. She had interviewed the lady who ran with Shalene Flanagan. At Boston, who would, was in the bombing a bunch of years ago, I I had forgotten what her name was. So it was one of the things where like, oh, I clicked on the link. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the person. Anyway, link in the pod. Check it out. But unfortunately for you, let's talk about what happened in the buildup because you had a little little injury that was like that, that situation where a lot of people get into where like there's an injury, but it's not enough to pull you out of the race, and especially for a goal race. And then you have to go through that whole decision making process. So what was the genesis of that? Yeah, so like maybe three or four weeks right uh, before the race, um, I had like an Achilles issue. Um, and then so it took me out for like just a couple of days because it was right around that time where you don't want to mess up anything and you don't want to push through. Um, you, you can't just be like that type A runner all the time and just try to bully through like an Achilles thing. So I pulled back from that, um, 
came back not prematurely, I didn't think, but I must have been favoring, you know, um, it was the right Achilles, so I, was, I think I was favoring and, and loading up on the left a bit too much. And then so all of a sudden, um, with three weeks left, um, before right before the le- third week of training, uh, third week before Boston, I um, left knee, started having like this weird issue. Um, turns out it's like, it's not like an internal knee issue or like the joints or the ligaments really in there, but one of the, like where one of the hamstring muscles comes around to the inside, or the interior part of your leg and attaches to the outside of the knee. Um, the pain is, that's where the source of the pain is. And so they just figured it was like some type of, um, just like not bruised, but just something that was just, you know, really irritated and inflamed. So I pulled back and tried to like limp my way through the end of training and figure it out. And at first I was trying to run like as much as possible and ice it and stuff. And then somebody was like, you know, you really don't need to do all this running. I mean, if you really want to get to the start line healthy, you're going to have to decide to maybe stop running as much or not at all even, you know? Couldn't do that. So, like, I just kind of dialed it back a lot. It took every other day off or so. Um, and then just kind of played it by ear or played it by pain. Um, and then tried my best. And, like, I didn't, I didn't like, the whole week of, of the race, I think I only, only miles I put up might have been, like, the Monday before and then maybe the shakeout or something like that. And I might have run, like, Tuesday or something. But very minimal mileage leading into it, just trying to get – to be as close as possible to 100% on the day of the race. And a lot of times with injuries like this, I know I'm like so guilty of this. And I try to tell the runners that I coach not to do this <laughs> is like, like the picking the scab with the injury. Like, do I, do I feel it now? Do I feel it now? Yeah. Like just through the course of your yeah. day, not during the run, yeah. just like you're walking around. You're like, how do I feel now? How do I feel now? And like, you're kind of like mini testing it all the time. And I didn't realize, you know, you don't, I don't think you realize you're doing it. <laughs> but like now that you said, I'm like, yeah, I do st- stretch an awful lot in that direction. Like trying to like, is it there? Turn, turn, sit, stand, does it, you know, it. And then another thing too is like, it, it would, it kind of would flare up at night. Like at night, it would just be like the worst, you know, like I, I'd wake up out of, in in pain, you know. And um, I told the doctor this and she's like, well, it's not at night that it happens. It's just every, all day, every day, you're like, you're getting up too fast because maybe you don't feel it that day. So you get up too fast. You move this way. You move that way. You're stretching it to try to see if it's there. And then at night, you finally like slow down enough. And then your body's like, yeah, remember this? We're here. So, um, yeah, it was it was pretty it – it sucked, basically. And you – you know, there was the whole thing with the PR project, right? You were out there to, to run the best that you'd ever run in the marathon. Um, what was your PR heading into this? My PR heading into it was 248. And then, so the goal, I mean, the goal, I mean, I trained for, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not one of those, or I haven't been one of those, like when you start with the pace and then you kind of cut it down as you go, get closer to the race day. Like I normally try to start like right at like training wise, right where I'm going to be. Um, and then just really get used to that pace. So, I mean, I had gotten used to this pace around like 243, 244, uh, range, uh, and that was going to be the goal. And I trained on Hills, did all the stuff and the training block was going perfect. So, um, that, yeah, it sucked to have to deal with that going into like the goal race of the year, you know, or not, not even the year, like of my life. You know? <laughs> well, you don't live a long life. There's no, more I mean, to, come, at, but... <laughs> to, the, to that point, like, I mean, I decided, that, you know, like, you know how Boston is though. Like everybody, yeah. I mean, for the most part, especially if you, whether you qualify or if you are, you know, um, 
you know, raising money, the fundraising folks, like you work hard to get there and you still train for it no matter how you got in. But then you, you think about this stuff for like a year or more, like till you get here. And then like, so it is, does feel like this is the race of your life. And cause the Boston experience is just so cool. Cause the city's just buzzing. Um, everything in the city seems like it's there for a Boston marathon. Like there's what else happens during that time? Like nothing, you know, like you got pop-ups, um, Brands have like houses and brownstones of just like cool things that they're going to roll out the next year, all that stuff. And then like the morning of the race, you got the, 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 you know, the buses and that whole like procession to get on this bus that's going to also then take you to some other place where a bunch of people are waiting to run. The process is just so intense and like overwhelming that like it just felt like I need to do my best possible, like, anything to stay you know so i mean that's a great lead-in to like how do you approach how do you approach race strategy when the limiting factor isn't fitness right so the limiting factor obviously here is going to be your injury whether or not it's going to affect you not even not even if it's kind of like when will it affect you and can you get through it so how do you even approach race day with that situation going on well i mean i think you uh well i'll I'll act as if I did it properly. How about that? Okay. I don't <laughs> there we think go. I did. Let's talk about academically first and then we'll yeah, try to yeah, put yeah, it into yeah. practice. Yeah. This is what you should do. <laughs> Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. Um, I mean, honestly, I think um, you you have to come into it with like plan A, B, C. And a lot of the stuff that like would probably be good advice for this situation is also good advice for just racing in general. Um, you know, a, have a plan A, B, C. Like, so A would be like if you get to the start line and then literally like the adrenaline and whatever or the injury just healed itself and you are good to go and you can go after your goals with no um no hesitation or no like you know uh, no control just you can just let it go um and then like plan b would be like okay some type of pain will be involved in this or like some type of discomfort and are you ready for that and then what does that look like too on a time like for a pace you know i mean or just a feel, you know, like you you have to try to give yourself an, an out to like fall back to to say, okay, well, today's not that A day. Um, it's a B day because it's, it's not great enough pain for me to stop or, or it's not really affecting my stride really, but it's just not something I want to test and go faster. You know, you want to have that, that maybe that mindset to be okay with that. And then like C would be, you know, maybe not like just drop out of the race, but um more of a like an experience i want to kind of enjoy this i'm not going to try to hurt myself and risk like being able to run for the rest of the year because of this one race because there's more races to come boston will be here forever hopefully you know that that vibe um and then just really try to try to soak it in if you can though i mean because at some point pain is pain and i don't know like how much you know you're going to be enjoying the crowd if you're like you know in in you know, tortured you know but Right. Um, and just personally, like it's hard to enjoy it when you had these lofty goals and you want this certain outcome and all of a sudden you're walk running the last yeah. 10K and yeah, you're like, yeah. this is not what I had planned and I'm not really enjoying myself. Right. You know, it is it is like one of those things where you got to. But I think it, the more you do like ahead of time and the more you, you try to be as realistic as possible with yourself and give yourself some grace in that area, like that maybe you can, you know, you can enjoy or reframe it because – hindsight you know i didn't do that like i was type a runner uh plan a was the only plan and if i could 
I was going to try to go for plan A if I was my leg was feeling like in plan B or C mode. You know, so you're, like, you're like straight Will Smith here. You were like, there is no plan B. Every plan B just detracts yeah. from plan A. Yeah, right, I like that, like that gonna, meme I, that he that he puts. You thought I was going somewhere I else. With that. I thought you were going to say. I was going somewhere else. That no. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I thought you were going to say I was getting ready to slap my knee. Like I did <laughs> during the run, though. I did kind of give it like a. That's a that's split. actually my technique when like if you like, you was like that itch. Sometimes you get like an itch on your leg, and you're like, all right, it's on the on the shin or yeah, on your yeah. leg or whatever. Like I don't want to be scratchy because there's like it's a movement there. I just try to like smack the itch away. So it's like you tell me while running. Yeah, so like that that way I'm not like. You know, five strides in trying to itch. It's like trying to like get out of here. You can't. Sc- I mean, if someone you can't sc- on your legs at least, and maybe your arm, uh, but like you can't scratch an itch, like a single point of itch on a run, especially below the knee. Yeah, no, it's impossible. Have you ever tried to look at your feet while running? I look at my feet all the time. I, I look at them all the time. I have the worst angles in the world. If I'm not looking at my feet, the, the things are going to happen. No, no. I mean, not. I mean, at your feet, not at the ground. Like full speed I, at your feet. I have done it, and it's it's not the best. It's dangerous. It is dangerous. Yes. First of all, you don't you don't see where you're going. Second That's of all, one. it's like really bad posture. That's two. There's two um, reasons why you should stop doing this, Matt. I mean, right. you have a podcast well, is, about running for Christ's sake. Well, this is why I had to stop trail running because I I couldn't trail <laughs> run unless I was doing this. And it was like, this is not, all of a sudden, this is, this enjoyable experience is now lo- no longer enjoyable. Yeah, no, you do have to look, maybe not at your feet, per se, but, but like close. very close, like, you know, at least a few feet. You want to see what's coming. Because if, if you don't see a root coming, the root will see you, and you will be on the ground. Yeah, I'm going to be eye to eye with the root. Be laying on top of it. Eye to eyes with roots don't work out <laughs> good, man. <laughs> no, for sure. For no. sure. All right, so... So what ha- so what happened in terms of like again we're not going to go blow by blow here you already covered this whole thing but ultimately how would you chronicle your race experience It was terrible it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> No I mean I got to be honest it was it was the worst like it was like it was worse I hope I hope one day I forget it all you know but um no it it started off really cool and uh I thought everything was fine Felt a little tightness, but I was like, okay, I can manage this. And I had already like settled with the fact that I was going to feel some pain at one point, you know. Um, got to about, you know, 14, 15 miles in, and then the pain was just like there to stay. And it was just almost impossible. Like it was, it was, it hurt more than it had when I like stopped running for a little bit to try to get around it. So, it so was hold on, let me hop in there. So, that is also when the Newton Hill start. Do you think it was a byproduct of the, elevation and top, topographical changes or was it just like at this point in the race even if it was flat it was going to start bothering no i think no i think it was because of, i think it was because of the downhill you know like just kind right, of big downhill right before newton there is a significant downhill before the newton hills just like that whole first half is just i mean there's not all downhill it's kind of rolling but just that constant some of those ones like the first mile was a hundred and something foot elevation loss you know, just that constant, like, kind of jamming up and, and like, you know, breaking a little bit is just um, it's just too much for for a knee that is not all that great. So I think just over over the first 13 miles or so was when it was just like, okay, this is when it, you know, mile 14 is when, like, when a sharp pain struck. And then I tried to, like, adjust the stride and figure it out. But from that point on, once it started, by the time I got to Newton Hills, 
I mean, really the hills part of it, I was already limping and stopping to try to figure out, you know, like how to get around this pain or if I should stop and all that stuff. So I managed to just I stopped probably 15, 20 times between like mile 14, 15 to on to the end. Um, just trying to manage the pain and let it go away. Because when I st- when I stand still, it doesn't hurt much at all. But it's just any pressure in any, um, you know, that movement of running. Um, so I just toughed it out, I guess, um, and struggled through it and made it to the end of the race and crossed, limped through the finish line. And it was just, it was a, it was a tough day, mentally and physically, for sure. Yeah, that's such a bummer. Um, yeah, it sucked. Because <laughs> you keep sitting, because every time you stop, you're like looking, like I'm looking down the road, you know, you're seeing people just in the distance keep going. And I'm like, this is the, what I, this is all I wanted to do. And now I'm here and I can't even just like jog. I can't even, I couldn't even just jog it out. You know, like it wasn't like a, just keep jogging slowly and figure it out. It was like, I had to stop as much as possible to let the pain go down and then start over again. I had a very similar experience on the outside of my knee. In the in the uh, Cape Cod Marathon. Oh, is that like a is that like an IT thing or no? What is that? It, it, I'm not sure if it was or wasn't. Um, I didn't get it diagnosed afterwards, but it was be, it was because yeah, I was cares, losing my right? form on the hills. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like on the on the down on the downhills when I was getting tired, it's a super rolling course. The second half, so, so and they they've changed the course now, but back then, second half it's never flat. No huge hills, but just no flatness. So. 17, 18, 19, 20, I started losing my form. I figured this whole thing out after the fact, like <laughs> literally like eight years later. But um, <laughs> because, well, because I was, I was doing hill repeats, I figured this whole thing out eight years later because I was doing hill repeats. It was like super early in the morning. So I had the shadows from the streetlights coming down. I was going back down one of the hills and I saw my shadow. I'm like, why am I leaning back like that? And still the knee pain was kind of cropping up every once in a while. The same exact way it was in the marathon, but just not quite as severe. So all of a sudden I leaned forward. I'm like, oh, in the, down, went away. in the downhill or the up? The downhill. Yeah. I leaned forward, dropped my hands, got my chest. So all of a sudden my body's kind of, you know, the center of my body's kind of going parallel to the ground. Like, like if I had like a flashlight on my belly button, it would be like going parallel to the, the ground. Pain went away like that. Yeah, like yeah, as yeah. Soon don't as jam I could, up. So again, so the same thing, like I was running Cape Cod, running really well, running right up to my fitness level, right on it. I had to walk around the last four miles because of like acute knee pain. I'm like, I never had knee pain in my life. How did this happen? Obviously, it's different for you because it was kind of building, but it's so frustrating. I didn't run a marathon for 10 years after that. I was right. so frustrated because my buildup had been so good, so yeah. good. And I was like, this this race like broke my heart. Like, I don't want to go through that again. Like, what a pain in the butt. And it's like, it's over. And that's why this past year, my first marathon, since then, I didn't run one in my 30s. That's nice. I was 29 when I ran that race. I ran last one, CIM. I was about to turn 41. Well, I hope, hope, I hope that I run a marathon in the next 10 years. You yes, know? come on. You got to see. I, I I'm, this is, I'm a cautionary tale. Don't follow my lead. <laughs> yeah. 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 Two things. Don't, don't break or lean back while running downhill. And then if you do have a little pain that, you know, whatever, it goes away, get back on the horse, man. Don't be like Matt. Don't be like Matt. So that's basically the moral of just about every episode. Just don't be here on the like Ramblin' Runner podcast. <laughs> that's really, forget, that's the new name. Cautionary don't Tales. Don't be like Matt. Oh, Cautionary <laughs> Tales. Cautionary Tales. It's like Canterbury Tales, but for running. Cautionary Tales. The, the tagline, real small words, don't be like Matt. Don't be like Matt. Exactly. That's that. See, that's a podcast my family can get behind. They'd be, oh, yeah. be all all for that. The don't get behind. Don't be like Matt podcast. They'd be like um, it's just so funny. It's. <laughs>
So you roar the Metaspeed Sky? I did. I did. And I know you love that shoe. You've told me a million times how much you love that shoe, which is awesome. So um, what was your, because we're going to get into the, the, the carbon craziness here on the podcast. What were some of the other shoes that you were thinking about for that race? Because um, we're going to talk about my race too, because I have, I have some choices to make. Okay. Here they are. They're coming in hot here on the podcast. Get all four of them, showing them on the video. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out what shoes I'm going to wear. So how did you start your decision-making process? Well, I mean, I started my, I, I kind of made the decision on the Metaspace guys a while back, you know, um, because I mean, I, I, uh, the, uh, hold on, oh, the Vaporflies, the Vaporflies, obviously, well, this is, this is the two, this is the Vaporfly right. Next Percent 2, um, the, but the Vapor, they're, Vaporflies. They are part of my selection process as well. Here we go. Got my little colorway here. These and the V in the V one was definitely the shoe that I I ran in my first two marathons and a bunch of the races you know at, at probably almost any distance. Um, so when I got the Metaspeed guys like sometime like last year, I knew that like I liked the way that they felt, but I didn't trust like running like in a half marathon yet or a full or whatever. So I kind of used them often as possible to figure out if I liked it or not, and then. When I knew that I did, I started the training block knowing that, like, this is going to be the shoe. Unless, for some reason, this training block, I didn't like them, you know. Um, but I did, so I was kind of going with it. And, th I mean, the way that I, like, just would, would decide, like, one over the other is if you feel like, you know, you're, if you feel like your legs like both of them equally, you know, like you're, you feel, feel as poppy and as quick or whatever, and you feel like they're helping as much as possible, um, then I would just say like some, it really comes down to like the foot, the way the your foot feels too, you know, like it's the comfort of it because at some point in the marathon, you're going to be, you're looking for any reason to be, you know, uncomfortable, you know? So it's like, sometimes you just got to look down and ask your feet, like, what do you guys think? You know, and hopefully they'll, they'll lead you in the right direction. I like that. So this is, I wore, so California International Marathon was first weekend of December and I wore these puppies. The New Balance RC Elite 2. These are squish monsters. They're big stacked, super marshmallowy, cushiony. Let's take a little, little, uh, little cush test here. You see that? Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Oh, wow, those are. Oh, I don't yeah. have any shoe that's like that. Oh, because if you if you ever run in the um, the Rebel V2, yeah, no. it's the exact same fuel cell as in that, which okay. is, again, total squish, super comfortable. This is the best upper. This is easily the best upper of any super shoe I've ever put on. What is it? What do you got? What do they call this? Is this the engineered mesh? Yes, engineered mesh, but it has padding in the back. Mm -hmm. All right, this isn't the best lighting here. You can't really see it here in the video, but some really good padding. Basically, this shoe is just as from an upper standpoint, it's more stripped down than a daily trainer, but it feels just like a daily trainer. Okay, that's good. So the, the basically the trade-off they made was um, it wasn't going to be the lightest super shoe. It is super light. It is under eight ounces, but they're basically saying, hey, we're going to make this more accommodating. Um, so if someone's new to super shoes or they're going to be out there a long time, this could work for them. It's like, I could wear this shoe any distance, any pace, no problem. Easy pace, no problem. Right. Um, out there doing marathon work and you're struggling all of a sudden you're dipping down like way slower than you expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one feels just fine. And the upper is great. So I was like, all right, this worked really well for me. So this is one of my favorite shoes I've ever purchased because the, the value, because you can use it for everything, is great. And even now, it's like I've put over 150 miles on this and like, look at this also. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's and totally it's, fine. It's still nice and poppy and bouncy and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's really nice. So 
that's like, as was always the safe option. Okay. Now I'm boiling down. The first, it was like three candidates. All right. But the May 6 minute speed sky started giving me foot pain in my right foot. So I land differently on my right and left foot. So when I was in college, both my ankles were completely screwed up from basketball. I'd broken them. I sprained them a million times. So after the season ended, go see the orthopedist. And he's like, choose an ankle. They're both awful. Oh, wow. And I basically had reconstructive ankle surgery. I didn't have a car at the time. So I'll choose my right so that if I end up having a car and have the other surgery, I'll do my left. I'll be able to drive with my good ankle. Okay. That was like, all right, I'll choose my right ankle. So now when I land, I land more flat on my right foot. And on my left, I land more on the edge. Yeah. So my yeah. right foot can kind of slap a little bit. Oh, so that's the loud foot. Yeah. It's the loud foot. So the ASICs, just how the plate is, and we'll talk about like the, the changes they're making. The the plate is so low. Yeah, yeah, it's rigid. It's super really rigid. rigid. Like I know Ed Bud talks about like he thinks that he could like play ping pong with his A6 Meta Speed yeah. Sky. Yeah, like it's just how it is. It, it 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 gets real slappy. My right foot falls asleep on the run. Really? Yeah, my last long run, I ran really fast and I held like 805 pace for like 16 miles of like 800 feet of elevation gain. And my my foot was asleep for half of it. Hey like, man, that may not, not be work. bad. That may not be bad. I ran a race. It was too cold. It was the uh, Savannah Rock and Roll, and I couldn't feel my toes before we started oh. the race. And it worked out because you know, like they had no chance or no say in the matter. They just were there, and okay. they had to go along for the ride. No, are they no still here? Pain. Are they still with us, or do they have to get taken off afterwards? Like well, a, one of get... them, is, one of them is still on vacation or whatever. But <laughs> no, we're fine. <laughs> we're fine with that. <laughs> so I then had to audible. So I'm like, all right, I still got this shoe. New balance. So I got the new balance, which is great. And we'll talk about the Audios Pro 2 because you care you just got one. So we'll talk about this in a little bit. This is not in the running for race day. And we'll talk about why when you when we we when you talk about the one you just got. So ultimately I got a two two shoe race. I feel good about both. Which is hard because then it makes the decision process harder. I got the Nike Vaporfly. Two. Okay. Right? Look at that colorway. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It really got the light, got the, the neon yellow with like kind of like the the sunrise coloring over there on the toe box, which is yep, nice. They do, good, they do a good job with their colors. Yeah. Also, the Puma. Okay. DB8 Elite version one. Not the version two that Molly wore recently at Boston, which is interesting. Um, and not the faster, the Puma faster, which looks like that looks, she looks, she looks crazy. Um, and I can't wait to try it out. But I'm, I've been a big Puma fan forever. I love this shoe. Do you have the faster? There it yeah. is. Oh yeah. my god! Look at that shoe. It is pretty aggressive. It's pretty aggressive. It's got the plate. I mean, you can see the carbon plate. Yeah, visible. It's pretty nuts. Was that in the so was that ever in the running for Boston or was no? It like I got I got them too late. It was oh. way too late. They are really nice. I, I mean, um, yeah, I ran in them and they are pretty cool. Uh, they're, they're, they feel very fun and exciting. Um, I thought they would be bouncier. Oh. But they, they just have, they just do a really good job of like kind of kicking you forward. But that's kind of what you need. All right. So the big difference for these shoes for me is that the Puma Deviate Elite is kind of similar to the New Balance in terms of anybody could wear this shoe. Okay. Anybody. It is just so accommodating. It's super comfortable. Unlike the New Balance, it's incredibly light. It's just as light as the Asics Medicine Sky and the Vaporfly. It's the exact same weight because the upper, you can literally see yeah, through can... the upper. Yeah. It's it's a screen door is really what it is. 
Um, but you get a full rubber on the backs on the bottom, but it's it's a it's a lighter rubber and it's um it's a little bit thinner, but it's super accommodating, it's super squish. So I think as Alex Fitty on his um YouTube channel does a really good job of doing durometer tests on all the super shoes. This is the, the softest durometer of all of them. And it just barely beats out the new balance RC Elite 2. But this one yeah. was, was pretty was pretty soft. In fact, Seth James Demore said that he is too soft for him. Wow. For race day. Wow. Um, but it's but because of that, super accommodating. So this one, the Vaporfly, obviously you got the super bounce in there, which is nice. But the last, and part of the reason it's so light is because they have these major cutouts here in the mid, mid you know, the midfoot. Everyone can see here. Um, it's just super, super narrow in the midfoot. And this is the problem, mm. is that I feel like the Vaporfly is a slightly faster shoe, but the point you just made of, you know, it's mile 18, you look down at your feet, the one time you're allowed to do it, I guess, and you say, all right, feet, how are you feeling? I feel like the feet are going to like the Pumas a little bit more. So what do I go with? The one that's a little bit faster and the fit is fine versus the one that's a little slower, but still super light and the fit is like, wow, these I could wear these all day. So like for your, for when, so you've done comparable uh, distance runs in each one of them? Yes. So I have done a, in the, in the Nike, I have done a 14 mile run Mm -hmm. at a little bit slower than marathon pace. And I did a five mile time trial. Okay. And, okay. And I also did one easy run. Okay. So overall, um, 25 ish, 25 to 30 miles in the Puma. I did a 20 mile run Mm -hmm. and I've done a work and an easy run. And I've also done a six by three minute interval with a one minute um one so minute um, so, so pretty similar in terms of testing kind of work yeah 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 so like for the time trial i was holding basically seven minute pace in the nike vaporfly and then for the six by three minute i was holding seven minute pace in the pumas right right so it was kind of like you just can tell that the nikes are a little faster yeah so yeah so that's the question do i go with a little bit like the five percent more speed or like the five percent maybe even fifteen percent more comfort with the weight being exactly the same? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, because I guess, I mean, I guess I'd have to try to, I guess you want to know, like. And I should say, I'm going to be running, just because time on feet here could play a part. So I'm probably going to be in the 320s, 330s. Yeah. Well, I mean. I, I mean, In terms of time on feet. I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I mean, because I guess, like, I guess really, for uh, so if they're that close, um, I mean, I guess you'd want to, for me, I'd like, I guess I'd lean towards the, f- the f- if they're about the same, and if the, if the vapor flies, if they're both somewhat comparable, like, comfortable, comfortability wise, right? And one isn't like killing your foot, like, obviously putting one, you know, the meta speeds put your foot to sleep. You don't want that. <laughs> but if they're like close in both ranges to me, I, I would lean towards like what's a little faster, you know, but if there's like a, if there's a, something in the, in the vapor fly that's like uncomfortable, then yeah, like the, the speed, forget the speed because you're going to be on the side of the road at one point, you know? Right. Um, no, no one wants that. You don't want that. All right. Can we, can we talk about one thing with the vapor fly? Cause here, here's the thing that, that throws me off. All right. People who have worn this shoe, you've worn this shoe. So I like to hear your thoughts on it. It looks strange visually. Yeah. Looking down. Because it looked like it looks like it turns in. Yeah, because of the way at the, the toe. Yeah. Right. So people, I'm holding it up 
right? I don't know if you can get a look at this. See, like, see how the toe kind of, sort of because of the offset of the laces, but also the toe on this side, it does just lean in a little bit. And you see like the top here, this is, I'm holding this perfectly straight up and down and you see the little rubber section on the end. Yeah. It creates this weird visual thing going on. And I hate looking, I hate looking yeah. at it. I just yeah. do. And it's like, every time I look at it, I'm like, wait, am I going straight here? Am I bow-legged here? Like, what's going on? Has that ever messed with you? No, not at all. Well, not at all. No, I mean, I I don't, like, I do think, I mean, now that you say it, like, they do have, like, a weird look to them. And they're much less, they look a lot less like a like a normal running shoe than, like, the, than the standard. Um, but, like, I just, like, I just trust that they, you know, for whatever reason, as I know the old ones, um, the version two, the, the laces were a bit straighter. Um, it wasn't, a, it wasn't that offset or, you know, slanted lace. Um, so it didn't look as dramatic, but that with that, like guiding the, the laces in your, your sight line away from the center of the shoe. And then the rest of it goes back towards left. It is kind of strange. Yeah. It's kind of, it, it, it is, a, it is a little tilted, but at the same time, it kind of reminds me of like, when you're in math in like seventh grade, they're like, which one of these lines is longer? Yeah. And like yeah, the tail. Like, <laughs> and what one of the tails is like on one of the lines, like the tails like come out like a Y. Yeah. And on the other one, the lines go like in, like a V. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, well, the lines are the same length. It's just the ends are make it like this visual trick. Yeah. And that's your visual know. trick there. That's my visual trick. I don't know. But that's it's also like me completely. I think I'm I think I've now entered the overthinking part well, of the segment. I mean, but but though. That you don't at mile twenty three or twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, you don't want to be thinking about that. So, you, I think you're answering your question here because you, you you don't have any questions really about the Pumas for real. You know you like you like them. They you've tested it. You've run a twenty miler in them. They feel good. You don't have any sight line issues. You know, and you I think you should go to the Pumas. The, que- the question is, do I bring it, – it really comes down to – because I'm flying to Eugene. I'm, I'm in Rhode Island, people who don't know. So I'm going to the Eugene Marathon. So the, the question is, like, do I pack both? Do I keep the decision-making process going? Or do I just say, nope, leaving one at home, putting the other one in the carry-on? I was like, hmm. you know, I don't want to make the beginner's mistake of packing. And you're, the, going um, to Nike, you're going to Nike land too. Well, here's the deal. Another potential factor. Maybe uh-huh. uh, I'm all of a sudden now not an unbiased reporter. Um we got four live shows. Three of them are supposed to be at the Nike store. And oh, then they canceled. Man. Oh, man. This they is canceled when... on me. Wait, they canceled? They canceled. They said no, because I'm not going to get into the reasons, but it wasn't the Nike store in Eugene. They did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. It came down from on high. Like, hey, it was weird. Weird stuff. Mm. Anyway, all of a sudden, figured it out. We're going to be at Theo's Coffee House, which actually – Frankly, it's probably a better place because they have a little mini stage because they do live music there occasionally. So it's a, it's a really good spot to have a live show. It is nice to have it at the Nike store, which is also across the street from the expo. So that from a logistics standpoint, it was great, right? Just say, hey, we're at the Nike store. Come on over. Um, so I also have that feeling of like, is that a tiebreaker? Like, hey, you did me a little dirty on the live show. Am I, I going to be wearing your shoes at the marathon? Well, cause, but you know, though, I mean, I'm going to tell you what happened. You, do you need to, do you want me to tell you what happened? Please, please tell me. So, you know that like Nike has a a time machine, right? What? They no. have a time machine. They can go back, forward, all that. So, they've they heard your issues <laughs> already. And they're like, "No, you can't do our show in our in our in our place. You don't even like our laces. You think that our best shoe 
is 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 slanted inward and it's stupid. That's what that's what they said. But that's is the best know. shoe for bow-legged runners? Well, you, come on, Nike. I'm not I'm not disparaging you. <laughs> oh just, well maybe they, they they went back in time. They went back before you said that. Oh, so that's they, why they, just, they, they miscalibrated. We you know they the know, they they got they got the headline. You know, they got like the you know oh. the, all they saw was they heard you say that and then like I'm out of here and they went jump back and then they canceled on you. So this is why they pick so many good athletes to sponsor, because they already know. You think that they just found Elliot Kipchoge just because you know, they're like, you know what, Kira Damato, come with Nike. I mean, yeah, they it, knew. It doesn't knew. make sense. It doesn't make sense. They got Elliot Kipchoge, he wasn't even doing all that great in track for real, you know. And well, this they, this begs the other question, it. Tommy. Did they go so far ahead that they saw how fast I was going to run? And they said, you know what? We don't want that dude with these shoes on crossing the finish line. <laughs> they're not. They're we not that to, We need to pull the plug. <laughs> they're not right? that petty. They're not that petty, Matt. They, they oh, just, okay. All right. I, was, they, I wasn't they're, sure they're, if this was like a, I wasn't sure if it was like a kill Hitler in the crib type situation. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> they're too petty. They went, they got upset. They didn't even, they went, didn't even stay long, long around long enough to hear you. Number one, say that they're perfect for bow-legged runners. And number two, they didn't even, <laughs> bother to get far enough to see what your time was because they were just so offended by the laces comment you know okay that's it puma so Let's basically no, moral of the story is matt is going to run the pumas also on your own personal notes if you have a, a nike shoe in your hand strong possibility you could be being watched that's it. See, people are so worried about twitter they don't they don't get it no they don't get it twitter it's nike okay it's just nike all right hey you have a nice looking shoe in your hands and I'm going to hold up my dirty, my dirty little shoe here, the Adidas Adios Pro 2, which you have seen on a lot of podiums, a lot of runners wearing this shoe. Adidas sponsoring so many runners um, who are winning top marathons. You see the bottoms here, those little, the rods, the energy rods, the continental rubber. Yeah, I like that they're visible this time. It is cool. You got that cool. cutout. Not great if you're a huge overpronator, that cutout. Yeah. Oh, that would be Especially weird. Especially if you're a... Especially if you land on your heel over and over prone, yeah, you're gonna miss half the shoe. Right. Um, that doesn't affect me. I'll tell you, you like this a lot. That here's the thing. I've had an evolving opinion. The first time I wore these shoes, I was like, these are the best shoes I've ever put on in my life. Ever. I still think Light Strike Pro is the best foam. Yeah. Okay. I I, I am sold on Light Strike Pro. I if they just had a, a shoe with Light Strike Pro in it with no rods, I'm in. I'm getting that shoe tomorrow. I love this foam. It's a little heavier than the other super ones, but it's super responsive. It's super cushiony. You do not feel the ground in this shoe at all. I can't even imagine what the Prime X is like with 50 millimeters of this stuff. I mean, holy God. Um, the outsole, kind of rubber, this stuff is great. It is, it is really, really good. Um, the upper, not great. It's, it looks like the, um, that, that kind of cellar mesh type stuff that you see in the, uh, the screen door, the port, the screen door of the Pumas. It's it's the kind of the similar stuff here. Um, it's just not as tailored. It's kind of get it's bunchy and all that stuff. Yeah, it does look a little bunchy here. Yeah, and I like a lot of the colorways. Um, I'll tell you what my issue was. They are slick. Oh, I love this shoe. I honestly, I loved this shoe, and then on my slappy foot, <laughs> my my slappy foot. I'll tell you what happened. Um, so I'm a midfoot four foot striker, and one of the rods. So the one here, the one, the most medial rod on the inside, it comes up and then it comes, it kind of, you, you can see pictures here online. 
It comes up here and then it comes shoots over here underneath the big toe and comes up here. That's the whole point of it is that it follows your mental tarsals. Okay. The problem was where I land, it's right on the rod. You can feel it? I can feel it. So I had to – so after my first run, which was great, I then ran a long run. I was like, I just can't get this to work. But every time I wasn't stopping, I was super fast. Yeah. And then it just – as the shoe kept breaking in, the foam kept getting softer and softer, which was great. On How many the miles balance. Do you have on So I have about 60 miles on it. But the problem was that as the shoe softened up, which I loved, every other element – and on my left foot, I absolutely love the shoe – as it softened up, I felt that rod more and more underneath the ball of my toe. That's a no go. I could it was isn't I couldn't run it. I mean, unless unless you love them so much that you buy a new pair and then just race in them. That's and then it. Yeah. That's it. You throw out you only wear new shoes. You're like an NBA player. I only wear brand new ones. Did you did you uh did you wear the the uh, version ones? Did you have those? No. I did not. Uh, so I had those. Uh, they're a they're back there. You see them yet? The orange ones. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but they were heavy. I mean, they were great. I felt like, but they felt a little dead and heavy. Okay. Um, Ed Bud, I've referenced him a couple times now uh, over on YouTube. He loves the first version. He Does was a he? huge fan, and he also loved these as well. I had seen some places that the foam in this one is a little bit better, a little more responsive. Okay. Than the first, than the than the first one. Um, I saw someone who mentioned it. It might have been Matt over at Doctors of Running said he he wondered if it was because he got a um, one of the early versions, like it was like pre-production. Mm-hmm. So maybe they they fit maybe oh. they fixed the Light Strike Pro as they were going through. Um, but again, it's a lighter, it's a heavier foam, but I think that it's worth it. Yeah, because of what you get out of it. Sometimes, but it's not always about the lightness. It's like, all right, well, if it's going to weigh more, then do something for me, like the Alpha Fly. For a lot of people, like it weighs more, but th- it's worth it for them. Yeah, yeah. But I think it really depends on how you land in this shoe is my – basically is how I've come down on it, which is a problem for people who – you know, you can't just go buy this in a store. You have to order it. No. So make yeah, sure uh, that if you're buying this shoe, my feeling is make sure you got a good return policy um, because it might get to the point where like you just can't run in it. Yeah. I can't wait to put these on. Oh, you're going to fly. It's, they're, they're, they're super stiff in the forefoot, but it's just like it's, it's not too stiff. And yeah, um, no, it's, it's got just some, the stack is huge. It kind of it's got some flexibility there, you know. And there's the thing about the stacks; they don't aren't the same. It's like so, like the four foot stack in the Adidas and the four foot stack in the New Balance RC Elite Two is exactly the same. The difference is is that this is so much softer, so it actually plays. So it's a 31 in the four foot of the New Balance. It plays more like a 26 because you can compress it without any force. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas. This one say it's 31 or whatever in the forefoot, but it plays like a 31 because in order, to, in order to, to push it down, like you need a little, you need a little muscle to push it down. So it actually, the cushioning is really, really impressive with this sucker. I mean, I think some of those ones, some of these ones that like have a um, little more firmness to the, uh, to the midsole or, or uh, it's the midsole are actually like pretty decent. I mean, cause you don't want too much give sometimes. I mean, cause you don't want that. Because you you don't want your your foot compressing the, to the ground and that that bounce and then your knees kind of bend down. I mean, kind of uh, give in a little bit as well. And then just the more of that over time. I mean, you would think that it would just kind of build up on you a little bit. And some so some of these shoes that people go like, oh, it's just not as bouncy. You know, that may be. You know, don't just go on what everybody says about shoes either. Because 
some people may love the bounce, you know, and some others may may want something that's a little more firm, so it's a little snappier, a little quicker, like pop off the ground. You're not getting that like bouncy, like moon feeling, you know, that moonwalk feeling or whatever, but you're getting that like, you're getting that, you know, quick return and it just snaps right back and you want your foot up again. Like some people like that. So don't just go based on it doesn't feel like that one shoe, you know, because that one shoe maybe f- feels great and it's a dip, the craziest feel you've ever felt on your shoe, but on your foot. But you got to think about what's going to be good for you in the long run, you know. Like and a lot of that is like, you know, is how you land, right? Because if you get like the super, if you get super squish in the heel and the plate is high, right? It's also where the plate placement is, right? So here's the new balance. If like the plate is halfway up, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be dropping too far into the heel no, from no, that landing. Yet. But if yeah. the plate's all the way up, which a lot of them are, um, same thing with the Asics. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a heel striker and I, doctors running put it, made a really good point of this is that if you're a heel striker and it's a super squish in the heel, it can feel like your calves are doing extra work to kind of dig out of it a little bit. Yeah. 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 Whereas same shoe, different landing zone, even if you're a heel striker, but maybe you're not like really hitting the heel hard. If you're more like scraping the heel as you go through, then it might be more of a bouncing effect as opposed to more of like a, a sink in effect. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and then so like you said, with those changes of the um of the where the plate is in the midsoles. I mean, so you know, some of them are doing that, like ASICs has done that with the with the Metaspeeds guys. Um so I can't wait to cause one of the I like the Metaspeeds guy a lot, but I do wish it was a little less rigid, you know, in the feeling of it. Cause you I mean sometimes like you just need you you wanna feel that especially in the beginning of a race, you kinda wanna feel like you're just kinda bouncing along a little bit, you know? So if they're able to like to fix that uh, in my opinion, I think it'll it'll you know, more more pe- a lot of people like the shoe, but more people will like it because of that if they're able to kind of balance that out. Let's talk about it, right? That was like the last thing on the agenda was that the Asics. Because you're you, I'm a big Asics fan. I have a lot of Asics shoes. Um, you're a big Asics fan. You just ran to the Metaspeed Sky for goodness' sake. Um, and we should say like basically it's the the Metaspeed Sky Metaspeed Edge Plus. I don't know why it's not two. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's the, don't it's the know. second version of the shoes. It seems like the Metaspeed Edge, which before was more of like a eight millimeter drop. And a lot of people just didn't quite get the four foot cushioning that they wanted. So it was kind of being advertised more as they say like the the, the stride runner versus cadence runner. But for practical use, people are like, hey, this isn't a marathon shoe. It's more 5K half marathon um, for a lot of people because they just didn't have the four foot cushioning. Um, that seemed to be like completely changed. Whereas the Metaspeed Sky was slight changes and they're lifting the forefoot plate a little bit further up the shoe in terms of um, it's not on the ground like it is now. It's a little bit higher. So it's a little bit more foam underneath the plate. So it's a little bit less slappy because I'm not the only – and they should say it's the firmest carbon plated shoe out there. First it's it, – you can't move Other this than shoe. the on running shoe. The on I haven't running, tried that. Yeah, it's, it's, those are pretty firm. Okay. But but yeah no it's for for the level that you know you would think that the that the uh, Asics should be or is um, it is pretty firm I think it does the same it has the same action the same does the same work for you uh, which is why I like it but if they could figure out that 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 um that that landing feeling like that because they are slappy you know like yeah they they're get, loud they, they're, like they're this loud. shoe I oh, ran you're going in the, the Puma the I ran in the the Metaspeed. Then the next workout I did was the Puma. And the first thing I noticed was like, holy crap, 
these things are silent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah. usually you don't even think about like how your feet sound. But I was like, this is wildly different. Yeah. So yeah, I can't wait to, I actually really, I'm really looking forward to see what the edges, the edge are like, you know, the Metaspeed, Metaspeed edge. Um, I didn't run in the first version of them at all um, because at, you know, at the time everybody was like, yeah, like that's not really what you're looking for. So, you know, whatever. So, um, but with them adding some more stack height to those and I like the, I like the, um, the, the higher drop. I mean, cause I guess, cause like, if you look at the Metaspeed, the, um, the Alpha Flies versus the vapor flies the alphas have a lower drop i think it's right? four yeah it's a four yeah. four millimeter drop and you would think by looking at the shoe you would think that it has a higher drop but it has a lower drop than the vapor flies and so like i feel like they i feel like they're doing a good job at kind of if they're trying to answer both shoes you know that that might be their point in that because the metaspeed sky is almost the same drop as or maybe it's a five millimeter um, so it's kind of very familiar or similar to the uh, Alpha Fly, and then you got the the uh, Edge, which is like you know their cadence runner thing. Um, but it'll be kind of more like comparable probably to the Vaporfly. So maybe they're able to kind of like thread that needle and answer both you know fans of each each of those shoes. I can't wait to try it because the Edge stats are now exactly the same from a midsole thickness drop and how the plate is shaped now it looks exactly the same as vaporfly and um most other shoes not not the brooks the brooks is more is kind of like straight across it doesn't really dip um it's actually similar to the obviously this isn't a plate the audios pro 2 but it has the same kind of geometry in terms of like higher up in the heel then scooping down through the midsole and then kind of lay across the bottom um if this had if this had plate instead of the rods why are you overthinking this adidas why are you overthinking it you're not you're not new to the game. You don't need to to come out with like the wildly different thing. You already have the market share. Well, when they did it, they you know it was kind of like oh you know right. Right, but they're not betray you. They're not like we got to make this big splash. And who's gonna know? It's like if you just put a plate in here, you already have the better foam, in my opinion. It's pride, you know. They didn't because like you can't just like in their heads they're like we we got to do something different. We can't just plop a plate in there like Nike did. We got to be different. So they went different, you know, and I don't know how many iterations they're going to do of the different, but, you know, they had to, man. Like, you know, hats off to them. And then look at it. I mean, come on. How many are there that you can see? Well, you can see three, but there's five. I need the three stripes. That's all you see is three. They had to go the, with There's only two, but, yeah, but there's five minute tarsals. There's If you t- look at the pictures, there's five. It's the Wolverine claw in there. But you couldn't do this. This couldn't happen if you went with the plate. This is true. So if you're if you're looking for a lifestyle shoe, <laughs> that, if you want to put that, your, if you want to sit on the matches. couch and kick, if you want to put your feet on the couch and kick your feet up on the, on somebody else's coffee table with pride, this is it. This is what you want to put down there, right there. There you go. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. The A6 Meta Speed Sky. Speaking of lifestyle, if you're looking for a shoe to drive fast in A6 Meta Speed Sky because <laughs> it's it's so slappy, the plates at the bottom, you can just smash the gas or brake, I guess. It's part of the pedal at that point, you know? It is. It is part of the pedal. I drove home from a half marathon very quickly. Very quickly. And it wasn't just because I was not happy with my performance. Are you um, sure, Matt? I, I could have been a little unhappy with my <laughs> just performance. Lost. But that wasn't why I was driving fast. Um, <laughs> no, I'm excited to, to see these. The, the sky, it looks like it's a negative drop looking at the pictures. It looks oh, like the way. strength shoes. Remember strength shoes? 
Yeah, because yeah. the because uh, because I guess they they the four foot foam. It looks yeah. so big, and it's like some of these shoes. Like Adidas isn't like this. Like some some shoes, the outside of the shoe, right? So you have like the the medial side, the lateral side. The foam kind of puffs out at the edge and kind of dips in a little bit, like a concave. Yeah. For like uh, formulation in some shoes. Obviously, that's what's happening with Mesbeat Sky because there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> that that whole stack is going straight across. But it looks like strength shoes. Remember, like the back of Slam magazine. It's like, hey, you want to jump nine to twelve inches higher, wear these pl- like reverse platform shoes and, and you're gonna be and you're gonna be fine. That's what like uh Alphas what re- used to remind me of when people when they first came out. I'm like, that's the shoes that people would wear in the gym, you know? I bought those shoes. I'm not gonna lie. I did have those. I mean, you were you played basketball, Matt. You had to do it. Why I mean And I'm wait, five nine. You, like I didn't I, I had to try to cut oh, you needed them. You needed them. You needed them. I actually just needed. I just wanted them for the height. I really didn't even use them. I just wanted to look taller. <laughs> so, like, as if nobody can look down and see that you had these shoes on, man. No, no, it's uh, you know, like you said, don't look down at the shoes. They they were following your your guns. <laughs> yeah, no, you you don't look down at your own shoes. Everybody else can see them. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. So these shoes are coming out in June, July. Are you going to get an early pair? Do I you have an so. early pair? I do not hear though. I do not. Trust me, if I did, they would, I would be showing them. We would have already started with this. We would not be talking about any other shoe except for these shoe. I hope I hope to get my hands on them in the next like couple weeks. Um, unfortunately, I don't have them yet, but I'm really excited about. It. I want to get both of them because I want to see what the difference is. You know, before I wasn't really into the edge. I didn't. I don't think I needed it. Um, but if they're both marathon shoes right now, like that's what I want to. I want to try them out because I'm running marathons this year. So. Yeah, and I think the other thing to remember too is that like, if we just think about marathon shoes were five years ago, all these shoes are high stack shoes. Oh, they're yeah, all high yeah, stack yeah, yeah. shoes, right? So like, yeah. I know I, I got into that mode of like, well, you know, the Puma is only like a twenty-seven four foot stack. I'm like, what am I saying? Only, only. What am I saying? Right? Well, yeah, I mean, it if it's if it's out there, you want to you want it. You know, like it's like you know. 20, For sure. 20 millimeters is kind of, I mean, it's kind but of not low. always. Less isn't always. I mean, more isn't always better. I think you can't hit a point where like. Sure. It's not the 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 returns of the the millimeter stack become less important yeah. to other factors. It has, it has to be executed properly, you know, like because you can have all the stack you want, and like I like the uh, I like the Atreyu, um, the the artist, um, but to me, it's just like the way the stack is great. It's nice and bouncy, and it feels quick. But with the way that it mixes with the upper, it just doesn't work out, you know, in the in the long term you know for me um yeah. so yeah like so stack doesn't mean everything but it really is just that the rest of the shoe almost has to be a perfect shoe for the stack to like to matter like that you know like that's why if you like I'd, I'd love to see what like those prime x you know are all about um because like you know you figure like adidas has done it right before you know before and if it's but could that be too much so could that be too much for them first for a fast shoe Right. So you can't you can't wear it to a world athletic event and win. So if you want a podium, Tommy, you 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 can't wear them. But I will say, did you see that guy who did wear them? Who? It was like six months ago. So this. Oh, when he first it, wore them and he he broke yeah, the it was, record. It was, he was an East African runner and he wasn't yep. like an elite guy. So I don't think it really didn't hit like no. the news like everywhere. I think he ran like a again incredibly fast. I think it was like a two thirteen though. So it wasn't like this record breaking performance. His, so it's kind of it on the radar. More- it was better than it was like his PR by a lot, though, wasn't it? Yeah, and like you were, he's like, "Oh, what do you mean they're illegal?" I'm like, well, they, I don't have to tell you they're they're illegal. They're illegal. Like, <laughs> you, can't, I mean, you can't wear them. Yeah. But it was like I think it was like one of those things where I don't know if he like brought other shoes to the check in 
Because now, like, you have to bring these shoes if you're elite. They yeah. got to check your shoes ahead of time. So yeah, I, don't know I do if, remember like, that. He did a little switcheroo, or if it was like a more low key race, and they were like, "Hey, it's." Fine, I remember this stuff. And then they and it they, they just came out. They hadn't even come out yet when they were when they got banned. Right, so we they knew were banned, about them, but it wasn't like in production. Yeah. And then he ran that. Then they came out. I did, and I said Great this to my friends. I, I, I sent this to my friends. I'm like, oh, he. They absolutely said because he won the race. He couldn't win them. He couldn't. Uh, he couldn't keep the money. You know, because of the illegal shoes or whatever, I guarantee it was like Adidas was like, you know what? What's what's the prize money? Fifty thousand, whatever it was. We'll give you seventy five thousand dollars if you if you win this race. Seventy five thousand dollars. Wear these shoes. Why would they not do that? Right. This happens in the NFL all the time. Yeah. People Ask who break the people like was it Odell who wore the watch? Yeah. It was like wore the watch to the game. Like you can't do that. You're fine. Fifty thousand dollars. But like the watch company was like, we'll pay fine. This was great. Yeah. This, is, this is exactly why we asked you to wear it to the game. hundred percent. I mean, because you think like Adidas made all those shoes just so like just couldn't sell them, you know? Like, oh, darn it. We wasted a bunch of money. No. <laughs> like, they're like, you know what? This is turning out bad. What athlete do we have that will do this anyway? <laughs> and they thought about that guy. And he did right. it. Well, now and they're just like super training shoes. A lot of people are love them for training because yeah, they just baby so. the legs. And now yeah. there's a lot of shoes coming out in the next year that are over 40 stack. Mm. Yeah. I mean, running, who cares? Who cares? I guess, at the right? running yeah. event, yeah. If you're running for training, who if cares? you're an elite, you run for training, no one cares. And then if you're a non-elite, no one cares anyway. Right. I mean, okay. There's, there's people that are going to be like, you know, imagine getting beat, you know, in like a, a local, like 5k or something like that. And like the, you know, the prize money is like, Donuts for a month from like a local donut <laughs> you shop. You stole or my frozen turkey for the you wore the Prime X. <laughs> you might, might there might be some friction. You know, like just imagine. And then you stand next to this guy on the podium or whatever. You look down. He's got shoes that literally say "legal" on the side. You know, it's like, come on, that's dude. what they should do. Adidas, just write it on the shoe. Illegal. It'll sell more. It will oh, sell right more. Le- right legal Ill- on it. It right illegal on it. Oh, right yeah, in it'll the stripes. Sell more. Illegal. Illegal. I mean. Illegal. Yeah. You could make it in the stripes. The I, the L, and the L. Capital I, lowercase L, lowercase L. Those are three stripes. Coming to find out that's really what the three, the three stripes mean. Illegal. Well, for me, it was just like pain. <laughs> was my prediction? Pain. Pain? All right. Rocky three reference. Come on. Jay. Yeah, but don't. Uh, that's no to, no to anybody out there that plans on running a race with me. If you're right in my speed zone or whatever, don't try to don't. If you age group me with some illegal shoes on, man, it's gonna be hell to pay. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's <laughs> worth it. It's worth it, Adidas. Just, 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 just go all the way. If you're yeah. gonna do it, go all the way with it. Just, just put illegal on the on the thing, right? It's like it's like we you know now it doesn't matter because no buy CDs. But oh, it's like if you realize. if you went to go buy a rap album, Tommy, mm-hmm. when we were younger. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have a parental advisory sticker. What you're are you like, doing? like what I don't. Really, what is this? What is this? Like your mom? Like no, my mom would buy stuff, buy ones, and it would right. it'd be like the edited version or whatever. And yeah. then I'm just looking at it. I'm like, I can't show this to my friends, not even from a distance. You know, like right. Oh, and, and then the worst was, especially back then, like the edits were so terrible. Like it would be like, I don't know. It would just be dumb. It would be dumb. So, yeah, it would be you, like someone else's just, voice. It would, yeah, it just didn't match. Is this a kid show, Matt? Um, the, it is. The, the Impossible Pod cannot be a kid show. Okay, fine. All right. What All right. So, do you remember? So, 
So uh, I can't remember what movie it was. It was like, oh, it was like uh, coming, to, not coming to America, but Beverly Hills Cop, like one of the one or two or whatever. I'm watching TV one day. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a long time ago. So it was on TV and it was the edited version of that movie. Oh, and he cussed a lot in that movie, right? And he said MF quite often. And in this thing, it had, I was, tears running out of my eyes. I was laughing so much because he kept saying Mickey Ficky instead of, <laughs> instead of MF. And he said something about Mickey Ficky, banana in the tailpipe. It was the funniest thing I've ever heard. Mickey Ficky. And it, you know how it's always louder. It's like you're talking, oh, talking, yeah. talking, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Mickey Ficky. You know, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, they're better off just going like radio edit, just like silent just silence just yeah yeah don't add words in dmx they used to add a lot of barks a lot of barks <laughs> a lot of a lot barks, barks and a lot of what you know instead of some growls rest in peace, rest in, yeah right rest in peace dmx <laughs> but the edited versions of his songs were terrible terrible right you're basically just better off going with like a little john cut up for every swear yeah just like the, the, the random like i mean monique clowned him at the bet awards <gasps> Like from the stage, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, right. like to like going after him, like all those sounds. Just be like, just just pipe some of those in. No, yeah, it was little yeah. John. I'm mixing up my people, but it was it was like again, it's like one of what? Them. Yeah, that was little John. I don't know. It I, was. Saw it said, other, I saw I saw it again the what? other day. I don't know why he, I can't remember this. He yelled what and okay often. Yeah, what yeah. okay? I'm not gonna do it, but that's what he said. All right. So, I mean, if, so if you're scared, no, just, I'm not going to. Parents out there, you. buy parents out there. Just buy your kids the 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 explicit versions. So they. <laughs> well, well, now it's just like we bought our kid the Spotify login, uh, mm. and hopefully they, it's all there. They it's all there. It's all there. Yeah. Like, where would you even buy a CD? No, you can't buy them now. Like, so I, was, I went by my daughter. I was walking past my daughter the other day. She was like scrolling through like her Apple Music thing or whatever. I saw all these, uh, those little e those squares with the e. And she's going through like oh, yeah. her playlist. And I'm like, there's edited versions to all those songs and you better find them right now. And then my wife looked at me like, you're a hypocrite. I'm like, well, I don't care. Parents are also, supposed to be hypocrites. Also, that's an unenforceable rule. Yeah, I can't. Like, yeah. Like, so she probably just delete, you know, deleted them really like, quick okay. and then okay. went back. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Dad. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. I know. That's what I have to do. I have to get like the Spotify playlist of like 2000 to 2005, you know, rap radio edits. Like we can listen to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll hate you forever. <laughs> right. And they're like, I don't like any of these songs. Where are these songs? Yeah, pull up to yeah, like they're, pick fine. Them, they're fine. They're fine. Pick them up from school, like playing that. It's not good. Not good. <laughs> not good. Tommy, man. This was a lot of fun. This was cool. Great job. I know Boston didn't go the way you wanted to, but you did it. You finished. Congratulations on on that experience. And uh moving forward, I'm excited to see or hear. What you think of the Audios Pro? Yeah, I can't wait to. Also, you had just had a recent interview with Stephanie Bruce. So I did. Do you want to want to plug something before we go? Yeah, um, go to uh, go to Instagram at uh, at the Run Eat Sleep Show. Um, show notes are probably going to be there because Matt's cool like that. I also that that episode is actually on on YouTube under Tommy Runs, so you'll be able to watch the whole thing. And I appreciate. Uh, the uh, click of the link that Matt posts for us. There we go. All right, people. Thank you so much and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. 
Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.